Blog Talk Radio. if I can remember how to do this. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a long overdue edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. I am your host, Gary Davenport, back from the summer vacation that was not at all a vacation. As always, I am joined by a man who takes no vacations from fantasy football. He is 24-7-365. So I can't even talk. I've been away for so long. Fantasy knowledge. Todd Lasky, how's it going? Not too bad, sir. It's actually a beautiful day up here in the Twin Cities. But as you said, uh, football is 24-7. I'm dying to get back into it. It has been a a long time. Uh, Part of the reason was because of my son's wedding. Congratulations once again, Scott and Kelly. It's a beautiful ceremony. But uh, football does not die. It does not sleep. Uh, So we better get on to it. No, absolutely not. Now, we haven't gotten to training camp yet, but there's been plenty going on across the National Football League. It's that time of year. Everyone's favorite, OTAs. It's the camp that's not quite camp. You're not wearing pads so much as shorts. You're not hitting people much at all, especially quarterbacks. You hit a quarterback in OTAs, you might get cut. But there's still knowledge to be gleaned for the savvy fantasy owner because every edge you can get fantasy draft season is coming up very soon. Before you know it, a lot of dynasty leagues are already I'm in a couple of rookie drafts right now. Have another couple starting soon. So you've got to have the knowledge and we've got it for you. I thought we would go team by team. Alphabetical order. And I'm going to ask you a question regarding each team you're going to buy it or sell it. We'll Steal a segment from someone else. Only we're not stealing. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So, according to my understanding of the alphabet, the first team would be the Arizona Cardinals. Hearing good things out of the desert regarding the rehab or health, I guess I should say, he wasn't really hurt last year, of John Smokey Brown. So, Mr. Lasky. Are you buying or selling John Brown as a potential fantasy wide receiver three in 2017? Yeah, actually, I'm buying big time uh, with John. Um, I believe his latest ADP was going in the 13th round. I love John Brown and expect five uh, leagues that draft real close to when the league starts. His ADP is going to have risen quite a bit, but at his current level, I love his ADP. Um, I like John Brown. I think that, that they're going to be throwing him many balls down the field. Uh, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald's getting older. There's no Michael Floyd in the way anymore. He's got a big chance to step up and be the true number two wide receiver in Arizona and possibly, possibly even the number one. I'm a huge fan of Larry Fitzgerald. He's a local boy. He grew up right here in the Twin Cities. He was a ball boy for the Vikings, but he's getting up there in A's, folks. John Brown has been looking extremely well at OTAs. I expect him to deliver big time this year. 
I'm spying on John Brown. I love Fitzgerald's ADP workout, right? Either one of these Arizona receivers. I'm all over both of them. As values mentioned it in one of the articles I wrote for one of the magazines, that did a dirty dozen of undervalued players. John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, both made it for me. I mean, you look at what Brown was able to do two years ago when he was healthy. <clears throat> they appear to have the sickle cell trait. You know, the effects from that, they appear to have that under control. Hearing great things out of camp that he looks like his 2015 self. I did, for Like you said, for a double-digit round ADP, you've got nothing to lose at that point in the draft. And the upside is, you know, a thousand yard plus receiver. So, yeah. And uh, like I said, old man fits where he's going in drafts. I I understand that he's old, but everybody always wants to rain in on Larry Fitzgerald in the summertime. And then the fall rolls around and he puts up top 10, top 15 numbers again. So if y'all want to leave, I'll take him. I'll roll out the Geritol set in my wide receiver court. I ain't even sweat the Atlanta Falcons, Mr. Latsky. Julio Jones, not so much on the practice field as he recovers from off-season foot, sur- foot surgery. Man, I really can't talk. Are you buying or selling Julio Jones as a top two receiver? Oh, I don't know if he's top two or top three. Uh, I'm wavering back and forth between him and Odell Beckham Jr., at, at number two, um, there's no question that he's got all the talent in the world. Uh, I don't have a problem with him missing OTs because he's had issues in the past. But let's face it, when he's on the field, he's a dominant performer. Um, it, I do think that Odell Beckham Jr. could lose some chances. Uh, what I'm hearing is Evan Ingram, a tight ends, and even though rookie tight ends are not that big of a deal. Uh, he may be an exception because Eli Manning has always seemed to like tight ends, so Odell Beckham could lose some chances there. But you've also got Brandon Marshall in the mix for the Giants and Tony Shepard. Overall, I think Odell Beckham could lose the chance at the end of the day. I would probably lean towards Julio as the number two wide receiver. You know, I think. With OBJ this year, it may be kind of a similar situation with what we're going to get with Mike Evans. I think we might see the raw target numbers come down a little bit. But I think we might see the quality of the targets maybe increase a little bit because they're not with, you know, Brandon Marshall out there and Evan Ingram out there just like with Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard and Chris Godwin and all the other targets that the Buccaneers were able to pick. They're not going to be able to just bracket Odell all the time. So I I think that will help a little bit. I'm right there with you where Julio and Beckham flip a coin as number two versus number three. I will say, this is not a bad year. If the front three guys in your draft all go with the big three running backs, which so far every draft I've participated in has been some permutation to those three running backs as the first three picks. If you're sitting at number four, your consolation prize is Antonio Brown. Oh, you poor dear. I mean, I feel for it. I, Here's a towel for which you may dry your tears. The Baltimore Ravens have a new face in town. Compliments of the Kansas City Chiefs doing some rather confusing things, given that they're supposed to be a team wanting to make a run in the Super Bowl. Jeremy Macklin, buy or sell as a weekly fantasy starter. We'll assume three starters at wide receiver PPR. Uh, I'm actually buying. Um, I watched 
or several articles pertaining to this move. I actually think this move really helps out Joe Flacco quite a bit, but I'm not so sure that Macklin steps in right away as the number one wide receiver because Mike Wallace did have a decent year last year in Baltimore, but also Macklin was hurt last year, and Macklin is a very reliable receiver when he's healthy. I think he uh, ends up being the the 1A or 2 or whatever you want to call it, but I think he's a weekly starter in fantasy football. I think this will really help out Joe Flacco. Everybody had him way yeah. down in the rankings. Well, well they got to move him up several notches. There was news today or yesterday, I can't remember which, that Macklin had a torn groin muscle last year too, but he said he's completely healthy now. I He's a guy, uh, right now his ADP is all over the place in the drafts I've been in because I think people are still kind of feeling that situation out a little bit. I think it will stabilize as we move into the summer. I don't know that he's going to be a great steal, but if I can get him and I'm not paying through the nose, I would roll him out there as a third wide receiver. I don't have a problem with that. I think the targets are going to be there. I think Rashad Perriman's fantasy value, if he ever had any, it's gone again. So. Bye-bye. Wallace let's, will still be okay. Might come down a little. Wallace had some nice sleeper potential because everybody seemed to hate Mike Wallace, even though he's been a top 25 fantasy receiver in standard scoring formats. I think it's four out of the last five years. There was that one terrible year, so everybody hates him now. So he had some – he was a guy I was targeting late, and I thought I could get sneaky value with. I'm not as crazy about that anymore as I was before. I think he still might be okay, you know, maybe Macklin can take some attention away and, and Wallace will be able to get open deep, but yeah, I think Macklin's going to be fine. It was surprising to see what the Ravens were willing to give him versus what the Titans gave Eric Decker, but I suppose we will get to Tennessee once we get a little deeper into the alphabet. The Buffalo Bills, oh, we'll skip over Shady McCoy, hearing a lot of good things because shock and amazement, everyone, Sammy Watkins is still hurt about Andre Holmes, of all people. Buy or sell Andre Holmes as a potential deep fantasy sleeper? I don't know. Because I haven't seen the same reports coming out that he's he's like the coach. I am having a hard time buying it. Number one, Charles Clay is also hurt. He's hurt all the time. But when he's healthy, he's actually not a bad tight end. I mean, too much of anything out of is that I would blow down a late flyer. I don't think Holmes seems. Uh, there's a reason why he's bounced around a little. I think at the end of the day, I would probably take a late on Zay Jones. Go ahead. Uh, breaking up a little bit on us again, sir. Uh, I think if I were to take a look at any of the Buffalo Bill wide receivers, it would be Zay Jones. Uh, I, there's a reason why Holmes is bounced around all of them. I, I don't have confidence in him. Right. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, Zay Jones is a guy I've landed in one or two drafts late, if only because I have no confidence whatsoever and Sammy Watkins' ability to stay healthy. But, yeah, Andre Holm, I just feel like – I mean, if you're in a really deep league, then we're it's a different story, obviously. But I, 
feels like we're getting a little too carried away. Carolina Panthers, quite a bit of hype already surrounding young running back Christian McCaffrey, the number eight, I believe, overall pick in the 2017 NFL draft. Mr. Lasky, we'll go ahead and give him the point per reception. Buy or sell Christian McCaffrey as a top-team running back because he's being drafted pretty close to there in PPR. I, I actually think that's a little high. Um, I do think that Jonathan Stewart is still going to be on the field. He's, he's going to get a lot of carries. If, if you remember, Stewart actually had a decent year the last couple of years. Um, he's been a decent running back. I don't see that Carolina is going to um, uh, fade away from him easily. Yes, uh, McCaffrey's got a lot of talent. He's got some great hands. Uh, I think he's thinking about quite a bit himself. Um, at the end of the uh, day, that factor, as it were, is going to be Cam Newton. I think this is going to really open up his chance to perform short passes as it were to Mr. McCaffrey or to run a lot more than what he did last year. Don't remember, or don't forget, folks, that they also improved their offensive line, and that's going to help out an awful lot with that Carolina Panther offense. Newton's dropping in drafts, too. He's, he's all of a sudden, he's falling. He may even have fallen a little bit farther than he was coming off the board two years ago before he put up the monsters. He's coming off eight to ten range among quarterbacks. It's hard for me to give a round because the last few drafts I did were for the magazine, so it's industry industry drafts, so everybody waits at quarterbacks. So I almost feel like I have like two rounds to any of the quarterbacks because you're not going to be able to get Tom Brady in the sixth or seventh round of your friends and family draft probably. You should be able to get him there. That's the lesson people should take from it is you should wait at quarterback, but no one really does, so – I've been beating that drum for the last decade, and no one's listening to me yet, so I'm not holding my breath if anyone will. Oh, my goodness, the Chicago Bears. We'll skip them. That's generally <laughs> right, about the, that's right about the only thing I can say about the Chicago. I know Jordan Howard is coming off the first round of some drafts, early second. Personally, no thank you. I will let someone else worry about that dump because, to me, it smells like Todd Gurley last year. He's the only offensive weapon, really, on a terrible team. And how often are they going to be able to run the ball? I mean, it's a bust waiting to happen, in my opinion. So there's yep. your – you want to Bears break down on uh, Jordan Howard. It's nothing against the young man. Had a good year last year on a terrible team. I don't see him backing those numbers up in 2017. Since Cincinnati – Bengals. Buy or sell Joe Mixon finishing as the top rookie running back? I, I can't buy that. Uh, I, I think it's Smith Fournette, and I think he's got a comfortable lead overall for rookies. Um, I'm hearing a lot of word that Mixon's going to take over the job. It's like I'm hearing, and we'll talk about that with team later, another rookie taking over starting job. But uh, there's still a lot of hands to feed in that offense. They're going to have to spread the room back. He might not even be a, a top three running back. Uh, I like his potential, but there's an awful lot of mouths to feed, like I said. Yeah, I don't know that I can. I mean, 
this is one where the crystal ball is still a little cloudy. I mean, if we're moving into late August and Giovanni Bernard's rehab isn't going especially well and Mixon had a great camp and he can establish himself as the clear number one tailback, then I suppose it's possible. Like with Jeremy Hill there and Giovanni Bernard, if those guys are able to play, I just don't see where it's necessary for the Bengals to give Mixon the number of touches that he might need for I mean, on a per-touch basis, he might be the top running back, but we don't you don't get points on a per-touch basis. You just get scored overall. So, good player. And the Cincinnati offensive line, frankly, makes me nervous this year with Zeitler and Andrew Whitworth another day. Cleveland Browns. Oh, David Njoku. Hearing some good things about the young man out of training camp. Was going to go with Isaiah Crowell, but meh. What are the odds that Njoku, since the Browns have – Bid adieu to Gary Barnage with the speed and quickness eight minutes after they drafted Njoku. What are the chances that he sneaks into the top 12 among fantasy tight ends by season's end by yourself? Uh, I, I like the potential again. Uh, he's got talent all over the place, but I don't have a lot of faith in the current quarterback. And I actually think that the way they revamped their offensive line, I think – Again, uh, there's no for sure. And Cleveland could be playing from behind quite a bit. I think they're built a lot more to run the ball instead of pass the ball. With all that being said, and they do have got some, some talent on the outside um, with Corey Coleman, if he can stay healthy, that sort of thing. Uh, so I would have to actually sell. I'm not going to buy Joku as a top 12 tight end. Uh, Crowell's killing me. His ADP is starting to climb a little bit, and I liked where he was at before. He's coming off the board, you know, 18, 20 range at running back. Once he starts creeping up to 15, 14, <sighs> yeah, rob me of the one Brown that could possibly have given me joy. Thank you. Although I drafted <laughs> Kenny Britt a couple places. I drafted Britt a couple Sorry. places if only because I figured, you know, given where I'm getting Britt, once again, double-digit rounds is the number one receiver. Granted, it's for a crappy team, but the prior targets are going to have to go some. I think the Browns are replacing the third most lost passing targets in the NFL this year. So I, Britt's going to get targeted. Coleman's already limping around on a bad hamstring again. So another great first-round pick by your Cleveland Browns. Yay! Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. Well, I guess it's not that – you know, we won't go with Ezekiel Elliott. Des Bryant. Coming off draft boards, and once again, it's early. A lot of people apparently are anticipating a rebound from our man Dez. That they'll take the training wheels off a little bit for Dak Prescott in 2017. Buy or sell Dez Bryant as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver? Top 10 overall? Uh, not overall. Um, it, as we talked about, the first three picks are going to be running backs. The next three are going to be wide receivers, and we know those three. After that, uh, I think there's going to be some hemming and hawing, but I don't think that Des Bryant can jump up that far. I can as a no, top, top, 10, receiver. top 10 among receivers. Top 10 wide receiver? Yes, I'm buying that. Top 10 wide receiver? Yes. Um, I believe since 2012, he leads the uh, NFL in total touchdowns for uh, wide receivers. Um, there's no reason to doubt him when he's on the field. He performs. He does get a little dinged up here and there. I think Prescott is going to realize the talent that Bryant offers 
And now that he's going to be the full-time during practices, I mean, last year it was Tony Rowan practicing. It wasn't Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's going to see the contact as on the field. I think Bryant gets a lot more opportunities than he had last year. Yes, Des Bryant I'm buying as a top-10 wide receiver. I'm hearing a lot of good things about uh, Brian Switzer out of Cowboys training camp too, but I I can't really see him having a lot of redraft fantasy value unless something were to happen to Cole Beasley. Now, were that to happen, he would become a pretty trendy waiver wire pickup pretty quick. But that's why we have the waiver wire, so that we can have arguments like that on Tuesdays during the fall. Denver Broncos. Oh, C.J. Anderson. Buy or sell is a top 15 fantasy running back. Currently looking pretty good in camp, feeling healthy, looking good. I don't know that – I mean, Jamal Charles I don't think is practicing yet, so I don't know that he's really a challenge to Anderson's lead role, at least not yet. So, buy or sell is a top 15 back. Top 15, that's right about where he's um, – I do like Jamal Charles there. I also like Devontae Booker. They're all touches. Um, the biggest, obviously, is at the quarterback position, and that's going to really affect running back play. But they did make some steps to improve that offensive line in the offseason. Uh, I think top 15 is right about where he should be. Uh, for C.J. Anderson, I think at the end of the day, he most touches. He gets the most opportunities. 15, I think, is right around where he should be. Hey, uh Apparently, the plan, at least right now, granted it's June, so the plan can change a lot, is Donald Stevenson at left tackle, the Kid Bowles at right tackle. I think the the unsung addition, he doesn't get as much run as the tackles, but I think the big addition for the Broncos on that line was Ronald Leary, the guard they brought over from Dallas. And I guess that's where the improvement's going to come from Denver. If they can get some offensive line play, <clears throat> the quarterback play is going to get a little bit better. They're going to be able to run the ball more, which will just take that much more pressure off of Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch, whoever it is that winds up starting a quarterback. I think Simeon early with a relatively short leash wouldn't surprise me at all to see Paxton Lynch start some games for the team this year. Detroit Lions. Oh, let's talk about a guy that's getting a little early fantasy buzz. I mean, he's still coming off the board. I think RB3 territory, but it's right around that RB2-3, so either just inside the top 25 running backs or just outside the top 25 running backs. Amir Abdullah, buy or sell, top 20. I'm actually buying. I'm I'm hearing that uh, uh, he's recuperating very well. Um, Actually, when he was on the field and healthy, he performed very good, and Again, the Lions made some improvements to the offensive line. That's only going to help out uh, whether it's the passing or the running game. It's going to give him more opportunities with the ball. Uh, I'm actually buying him as a top 20 running back this year. Uh, I know his ADP is pretty low. I'm hoping it stays low because that's one guy I'm actually eyeballing in my drafts for a little bit later on and, and hoping I can get a steal. It's going to be it's going to be a question of durability with him, Abdullah. The coaching staff's talking about as a featured back. The line took a hit when Taylor Decker was a bad last couple of weeks for left tackles and hip labrums. But they went out and got Greg Roy. They went out and picked up a couple of guys off the scrap heap. 
made the trade with the Rams to get Greg Robinson. So at least they're trying to patch that hole a little bit. So, and they're not sure how long they're going to be without Decker. But I, I'm with you on Abdullah as a guy that I'm liking. If I can get him, as you know, that third running back flex type of guy with the hopes that he could put up RB2 numbers. It's like I said, it's going to be a matter of help. Can he stay on the field? Stay on the field, buddy. Stay on the field. The Green Bay Packers, the team everyone loves to hate, especially if you're in the NFC North. There you go. Big years last year for Devontae Adams. Jordy Nelson, of course. Ty Montgomery was everyone's favorite loophole guy down the stretch, the running back you could plug in your wide receiver slot. Randall Cobb was the un, was the forgotten man. Hearing a little buzz out of Packers camp, the Cobb's feeling good, feeling healthy. They're talking rebound season. What are the odds of, say, a top 30 fantasy season by yourself for Randall Cobb, which given his ADP right now, you'd be getting good value. Um, I've always been, excuse me, a fan of Cobbs. I'm still a believer. Uh, I've also heard the talk of him looking good in camp and that they want to give him a, a chance with the ball. So at at 30, I'm buying. I, I like Cobb. I always have, even though he's a Packer and I'm a Viking fan, I've always liked the guy. I would take him at 30 any day of the week. You know, I'd rather have Cobb at his ADP than Martellus Bennett at his. I mean, I know that Jared Cook looked great down the stretch for the Packers last year and la, 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 I also know that Aaron Rodgers completely forgets the tight end is on his team for games at a stretch sometimes. I mean, there'll be one game he'll target that tight end seven times. And then two weeks he might get four combined. So I – not against Martellus Bennett. Not saying it wasn't a good signing for the Packers from an NFL perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, I think it's been overstated a little bit. So where he's going on draft day, I another guy that I'm just letting other people have. Houston Texans. DeAndre Hopkins needed a hug last year in the worst way. Poor Nuck. Nuck was yuck. What are the odds of a rebound by or sell? DeAndre Hopkins, top 10 fantasy wide receiver in 2017. Go. Top 10, because I've got Bryant inside the top 10. I actually think that moves Nuke outside the top 10, but he's right at that mark. Uh, He'll be just outside the top 10. I'd like the potential there. Again, defense, that defense is going to keep them in the game. So um, they're going to be able to utilize every tool they've got on offense, which means the the defense is playing against Houston. will have to be honest, both against the run and the pass, which will still provide Nuke with some op- some opportunities. Uh, however, I think he falls just short of the top 10. Uh, he's a top 12, but I don't think he's a top, a top 10. Yeah, apparently Tom Savage hasn't looked terrible. Of course, it's OTA, so it's not really a And they also said Brandon Whedon's look good, so there's your grain of salt moment. But still. Indianapolis Colts. The ageless wonder, Frank Gore. Apparently there is a healthy dose of fantasy skepticism. I'm sure Frank Gore is probably watching OTAs from the sideline because they don't you know, have Frank go out and pull a muscle or something. We don't need any of that silliness. Buy or sell Frank Gore putting up another 1,000-yard season for the Colts. 
You know, for years, everybody has been wanting to uh, uh, lay the tombstone on Drinkor, and yet every year he produces. Um, I don't know who he's got for a physical trainer or if he's got somebody on the side. I don't know if it's the team doctors for the Colts. Uh, I don't. I don't know exactly the situation, but Frank Gore just continues to play well at a, at his age. There's no reason for me to doubt him yet, even though he's uh, older than dirt, as, according to NFL standards for running backs. But until he finally falls over, I'm going to keep buying him. You know, I mean, it's not like there's anyone really in Indianapolis to threaten his workload this year. And the Colts have said, hey, Frank, we're our guy. So, obviously, his age is a risk factor. But where you can get him, I'm willing to say, and it's, there's a lot of ageism in fantasy football, especially during draft season. Nobody wants to draft the old guys. I will draft, I will, oh, I'm all over them. The Jericho team, that's me. Because if I can get those guys back, you know, they don't – well, I haven't, I can't say for certain that older players don't bust at a higher percentage than younger players. I haven't done any mathematical study. But just from my observation through the years, they don't bust any more than the younger guys that get hurt. And if it is a little bit higher percentage, it's not so significant that it's not outweighed by the additional value you get because nobody wants to draft a chair call set. So if you don't want old people on your team – I will take them. That way my team gets 10% off at Denny's. It's great. I get pancakes cheaper. So There you go. Harley yep. complain about yeah, I know. Jacksonville Jaguars, another wide receiver who needed a hug last year, Allen Robinson, who could not even hardly benefit from the phenomenon that is Blake Bortles' garbage time. Does Robinson bounce back this year? We'll go top 15. Fancy wide receivers. Uh, yes. Uh, to make a long story short, uh, I think the balance that the offense is going to have because of a, a new running back, uh, plus a very much improved defense, uh, is going to give Jacksonville all kinds of opportunities with the ball. Uh, I think they also uh, gave Blake Bortles a vote of confidence by uh, taking on his option year. Uh, I think you're going to see a much improved Jacksonville team across the board. And even though that whole division looks like it could be a lot tougher uh, with what Tennessee did, and we'll talk about that also. Um, but, yes, in a, to make a long story short, I like Allen Robinson as a top 15. Yeah, I haven't really heard anything about Bortles out of camp. I haven't really heard anything about Fournette. I did hear out of Jacksonville camp that Calais Campbell has looked really good. Once again, it's non-contact practices, so there's, it's not like they can really – they're really going at it in the trenches. But I heard that he's been very quick off the line. The Jacksonville linemen have had all kind of trouble with him. So I don't know if that's good for Clayus Campbell. I hope I'm working on the assumption that it's good for Clayus Campbell and it doesn't mean that the Jaguars' offensive line still sucks because that would be unfortunate for Fournette and the other guys. So we're going to go glass half full and say that Clayus Campbell has looked really good. Kansas City Chiefs read an interesting piece the other day by ESPN beat writer Adam Teicher, I believe his last name's Brown, so I don't want to get it wrong. I made a pretty bold prediction after watching Kareem Hunt in OTAs. The youngster has looked very good, taking to the NFL pretty well, apparently. He said that not only will Kareem Hunt lead the Kansas City Chiefs in rushing yards, he will also lead the team in receptions 
by a running back. So I will ask you, Todd, buy or sell Kareem Hunt as the Chiefs' highest scoring running back this year. Uh, I, I've got him uh, as the top running back in Kansas City. Uh, there's a lot of talent in that backfield, but uh, they are not going to be able to throw the ball near as much as what they have in the past because of what they lost, obviously, with Jeremy Macklin. Um, I think they're going to lean on the run as much as possible, also because of Alex Smith and his uh, not-so-strong arm, uh, which is going to give the running backs all across the board more chances. Um, and because I think he leads the, the ball team in opportunities in the backfield, both running and receiving, there's no reason for me to believe that he's not the top uh, point getter at both of those four running backs. Yeah, I explain to me what the Chiefs were doing when they cut Jeremy Macklin like that. I, I don't have an answer for you, especially when you look at the situation they've got. Um, obviously, they like Tyreek Hill. All right, that's a given. Uh, anybody with his type of speed, yes, you're gonna love. But after that, they don't have a whole lot. Um, Chris Conley has been in the league a couple of years and has not performed very well. Travis Kelce has been hurt. So he has, he's not on the field for OTAs. They're going to need to have somebody to throw to, and right now I just don't see that person. Well, I mean, okay, Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in football last year. We'll even, I'll even give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's going to be perfectly healthy. Tyreek Hill obviously was phenomenal at times. But now you're asking him to be the number one receiver, which means number one receiver coverage from the other team. Like you said, they've got no compliment for him outside of Kelsey, so there's going to be more bracket coverage on Hill. There's going to be more safety help over the top. I, it just made no sense. I understand the Chiefs were up against the salary cap just about as tight as any team in the NFL. But this ain't an 8-8 eight and eight football team that's, you know, stuck halfway between rebuilding and halfway between making a playoff run or a dumpster fire like the Jets. You know, I understand why the Jets fired everyone. They're starting over. They burned it to the ground. The Chiefs are a team that won 12 games in the AFC West last year. I just made no sense to me. I don't get And I think it's going, honestly, and I can't prove this, is pure speculation on my part. I think the Chiefs themselves look at last year's success as a bit of a mirage, and they think they're going to take a step back this year. Yeah, it's interesting, especially they've it. got – well, right, but especially with such a good defense that they've got, their, their defense is going to keep them in games. I mean, so, I, I, so again, I, I don't know why they would be doing what they did. As you said, I can't figure it out either, uh, especially when – I mean, there's been some receivers that have been let go that they could have gotten on their cheap. Anquan Bolden, how would he right. look in Casey? Oh. And plus, you turn around, you deal your 2018 first-rounder so you can move up and get Mahomes. Fine, whatever. A little odd, though, given – I mean, Alex Smith is Alex Smith. No one's going to confuse him with Aaron Rodgers anytime soon. He's not a bad quarterback. He led that team to the playoffs multiple times. Just to me, it sounds – it's almost like they're trying to get the rebuild started early – while simultaneously still making a playoff run, and it just doesn't work like that. And I think it's going to cost them. I do not. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to make the playoffs again in 2017. That's another division that I, the next team we're going to talk about, I think, got markedly better. The Oakland Raiders, obviously, 
are a very good team with Derek Carr healthy, especially if Marshawn Lynch can dial it back up anywhere close to the way he ran in, say, 2014. The Denver Broncos, if they can get a little bit better quarterback play and they have a healthy run game, obviously they've got a defense that is every bit as good, if not better, than Kansas City. So that division is going to be a dogfight, and I don't think the Chiefs necessarily equip themselves very well for said dogfight. Los Angeles Chargers. How do you like that segue? Slick. Nice. Buy or sell that we should be freaking out about Mike Williams being hurt? Well, honestly, I've loved the guy. Uh, we've talked about him on and off for uh, quite a while. Uh, I'm a USC guy. I always have been. Uh, but uh, he's not the same Mike Williams from USC. This is Mike Williams from Clemson. And he was a very good for Clemson. Uh he needs to be on the field. It's a shame he's not because this is the time where he can really be working on his timing with Philip Rivers and get on the same page. It was a healthy Keenan Allen. They got uh, Travis Benjamin there. I like the potential for that offense, but Mike Williams is, is sorely being missed right now because this is a, a big time for him to get that camaraderie, to learn uh, early in, in his uh, NFL career. I I wish he was out there to to be a part I, of this process. I, I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers' potential. In redrafts right now, the bottom has fallen out of his ADP because of the uncertainty around his injury, and I think people are frightened. Anytime they hear back injury, it kind of freaks them out a little bit. If I can get him in the something teeth round, I might roll the dice just to roll the dice because. When I'm drafting that late, that's what I look for is young guys with upside. You know, I might – I'll add older players if they're proven options that I know I can plug into my lineup as fantasy starters, but I don't want bench for a 35-year-old players. I want youth. I want upside. I want potential. So I might gamble on them late, but I agree with you. This is – it's just not good, and especially when you're back and might be ready for training camp. You know, when they start hedging their bet, it's just – it's bad. And it seems that the Chargers just cannot. If there's a team in the NFL that's been more snake-bitten by injuries the past five years than the Los Angeles Chargers, I would like to know who it is. Plus, they have to play next year in a soccer stadium in front of 11 people. So <laughs> That should be fun. Next, yes. the team in Los Angeles that might actually be playing in front of fewer people, at least after the people that go and see them get a load of how they play, the Los Angeles Rams. Todd Gurley, wanted for murder after killing multiple fantasy seasons last year. Like all of them he touched. Was my first round pick in death match. Yes, I'm still bitter. Can he bounce back and be an RB1 by herself, 2017? Well, what I'm hearing um, is Goff has looked much better than what he did last year at this time. Uh, well, he couldn't look worse. Well, <laughs> right. It, it, could it be? Uh, but I'm hearing that they also want to get Tavon Austin more involved in the game, which could help spread out the offense. Uh, they did bring in Robert Woods, who could be a very nice complimentary piece in that offense. Uh, I think the Rams are going to be able to utilize Ty Gurley a, a little bit better than what they did last year. But I'm also concerned that they were willing to give up so fast on Greg Robinson. Um, a number two overall pick at uh, left tackle. And I'm just wondering well, I mean, how that offense. 
I'm just wondering how that offensive line is going to perform. Oh, for 2017, they're going to be, in the short term, they're going to be better this year. Andrew Whitworth might be 35 years old, but he was a top five left tackle last year. He's money. Now, granted, at that age, there's always a chance to put off the edge of the cliff. But he showed no indications last year of slowing down. So, with me, the big concern is what you mentioned, those wide receivers. Look at that wide receiver core. You could make the argument in 2016 that that was the worst wide receiver core in the National Football League, and it's worse this year because they lost Kenny Britt. I mean, I don't see how you can look at losing Kenny Britt, a 1,000-yard guy, and gaining Robert Woods, who's known more for his blocking than for his pass catching, and call that a net gain. So I, for the Rams, that's another front office deal that just confuses the you-know-what out of me, that you've got a number one overall pick at quarterback that you've invested, not just a bunch of money, but all those picks that it took to move up, and you're giving nothing to throw the ball to. Granted, they did improve his line. They added Whitworth and John Sullivan, which is a couple upgrades, but they're not massive, nor are they long-term because Whitworth's 35 years old. The Rams are going to be a bad football team. Interested to see what happens with the defense. I know a lot of people are still despondent that Aaron Donald lost his defensive tackle eligibility, like me. I'm working through the five stages of grief because at least Melvin Ingram of the Chargers got defensive end eligibility because the Chargers are going to the 4-3. So, you know, the IDP gods give us, and the IDP gods take it away. That's take there you good, go. Take that, take them both, and there you have the facts. Miami Dolphins. It's summer. So it's time for Devontae Parker hype. We went through this last year. This year we have even more. I mean, if you want to talk about OTA hype, the Vikings have it down. Jay Ajayi going to break the rushing record. Ryan Tannehill going to throw for 8,000 yards. And Devontae Parker has looked phenomenal. The Dolphins core offense coordinator, Clyde Christensen, said, and I quote, he expects a gigantic season out of Parker. Apparently he took much better care of himself in the offseason. He's healthy, looking very spry in workouts. So probably being drafted, I'm guessing around 30, 32. I'm just trying. I'm calling from memory. I should pull up the average draft position data. But I think middling wide receiver three territory because people read the same reports that everybody else does. Devontae Parker, top 25 fantasy receiver. You know, it's awful hard. Like you're saying, in Miami, it seems like everybody's glowing about everybody. This is like the second coming of Christ. This is going to be the best offense ever. They do have some nice tools. Uh, Jarvis Landry right now is uh, stating that uh, he's going to be uh, uh, on the team and uh, playing if he's got a contract uh, by the time he starts. Uh, right. Yeah, he'll, he'll show, show up, up but he's, he's, he's not there yet. They also uh, picked up Julius Thomas in the offseason. Um, not a bad weapon for – yeah, not a bad not a bad weapon for uh, tight ends. Uh, they're talking Jay Zai is going to be getting all kinds of touches. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, how are they going to – how are they all going to get touches like this? It, 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 right. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, I think the touches are going to go to Jay Zai. Uh I think the targets are going to be spread around. 
I do like Devontae Parker. I've loved him since he was in college, but I don't see that he's going to get the chances that's going to require him to be a top 20 or top 25 wide receiver. So I'm – I love him. Love my boy, Jay. But I kind of hope that they're blowing a little bit of smoke about how much work they're talking about giving a guy because I would also love for Jay Guy's legs not to fall off in week nine. So let's dial it back. I do think if Parker does have a quote-unquote breakout season, I still think Jarvis Landry will be okay. Tannehill and him obviously have a rapport. He gets targeted a ton. Arguably the best slot wide receiver in the NFL. I think if Parker eats in numbers, it's going to be Kenny Stills who will turn back into a pumpkin. And I think that's already kind of baked into Kenny Stills' ADP. I don't think anyone really expects him to back up what he catches nine touchdown passes, I think, maybe even ten. Nine or ten. Too many for Kenny Stills. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings. Mr. Lasky was just reading earlier today. There has been a Laquan Treadwell sighting at OTAs. He's alive. We thought yes, he was uh, dead, but he's not. They actually showed some videotape of him uh, lighting up Xavier Rhodes a couple of times during OTAs, um, which I'm very hopeful for. But let's step back on the gas just a little bit. Um, as you said, this is guys playing in shorts, and uh, there's no pads. Uh, they're not going full out um, as they will be in – uh, a month or two. Um, let's step back a little bit. I love Treadwell. I, I like his potential, but let's step back just a little bit. Let's remember that this team is more or less built on the run, and Sam Bradford does not have the strongest arm. He's got a nice arm, but not the strongest arm. But most of his stats were built last year on very short passes. And Vikings have a couple of receivers ahead of him on a depth chart. Uh, Stephon Diggs, um, people are actually expecting him to pick up even more than what he has the past couple of years and maybe make his first Pro Bowl. Uh, Adam Thielen, of course, was a huge surprise last year. Uh, and I've heard he's also looked very good. So let's step back on the gas a little bit on Laquan Treadwell. I like the future, but I don't know if the future is quite this year yet. Yeah, me too, to be honest. Honestly, Kyle Rudolph makes me nervous this year, too. I mean, his ADP is not crazy. But I look at Rudolph's numbers last year and where he finished, and I'm like, man, where are the odds? Kyle Rudolph can do that two years in a row. It just feels like I can almost hear the setup happening. We're going to draw him in. We're going to draw him in. We're going to draw and then we're going to Jared Cook him right in the face. Mm-hmm. Danielle Hunter, starting at defensive end for the Vikings now, ahead of Brian Robeson. I know an IDP pundit who ranked Hunter DL1 ahead of J.J. Watt. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, I have Hunter, I think, third behind Watt and Joey Bosa, who I think is a little bit better run defender. I I. If Hunter could keep up his per-snap productivity with the bump in snaps, because I think he'll see, I think he saw, I want to say about 650-ish snaps last year, and Everson Griffin was up toward 950, which I almost feel like is too much. 
And I think you could see that in Griffin. Sometimes it started to wear on him a little bit. So I still think Robeson's going to have a role. If Hunter can keep up his personal productivity, then, yeah, he could go nuts. But I, that's asking him awful. He was our, maybe the most productive defensive end in football last year per snap. So those are just hard numbers to repeat. He, and he's going to be getting a lot more attention from opposing offenses this year, although luckily that's where having Everson Griffin opposite you helps, much like Joey Bosa has Melvin Ingram playing opposite him this year. And JJ Watt. Well, they're on double block. They're on double team JJ Watt all the time, regardless. So you could put Lawrence Taylor opposite JJ Watt, and teams would just scream and then try to double them both. <laughs> the New England Patriots, who signed David Harris today, because of course they did, because heaven forbid there yeah. be a decent player left in the world who's not a member of the Patriots. Oh, you know what? I'm going to stay away from that run game just like I am in fantasy drafts because you want to talk about something that is set up to crush the souls of fantasy owners. It's the New England run game in 2017. Good luck picking which one of those guys is going to have a big game in a given week because it's going to flip like pancakes. Flip, 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 flip. Brandon Cooks. A lot of love for Brandon Cooks. Being drafted inside the top ten of a lot of fantasy drafts, Julian Edelman sliding a little bit. Fire sell Brandon Cooks as a top ten fantasy receiver. Uh, actually, that's where uh, I think Des Bryant also is a factor. Uh, no, I don't think Brandon Cooks is a top ten. Uh, you've got Gronk still in pitcher. Even though Gronk can go out and spend over $100,000 at a bar in Connecticut over the weekend, God bless his soul. Man, I wish I'd lived out there. I could party with him just once. Have him spend that kind of cash at a bar, but also you got uh, another tight end to mix in. You know, all the Patriots love their two tight end sets. Dwayne Allen is there, and he's not going to disappear, folks. Dwayne Dwayne Allen is going to be a big part of that offense. You you heard it here first. So so uh, no, the, you've also got Danny Amendola. You got Malcolm Mitchell still in the picture. I just don't see that there's enough targets to go around to have Cooks as a top ten. You know, I just. With me, the big thing, I think when Brady needs that first down, you know, he's got he's been playing with Edelman and Gronk for so long. That it's just it's going to be hard for Cooks to work. I mean, not that Cook, Cooks is going to have some big games because he's going to – you can't bracket him or you're going to get murdered by the 47 other offensive weapons they have. But I just, like you said, I, I think he's being drafted at his ceiling – and that's not what you want to do with fantasy players. I'm not saying Cooks is necessarily going to be a bust. I just don't think he's going to be a player that a lot of people are going to be overly happy with when the year ends and the Patriots are 15-1 and one or maybe – I'm not going to say it out loud because you shouldn't be predicting teams will go 16-0, and 0, but holy crap, the Patriots are good. I mean, <laughs> stupid good. Yeah, like you the said, I mean, they just went out and – they just got somebody that improved their team when they didn't need it with David Harris. Right. I mean, the New Orleans Saints. Fire sell Adrian Peterson leading the team in rushing yards in 2017. I, I think he does. I, I've heard that they're just gushing over the way he's looked, even though they've got Mark Ingram. Um, and at the end of the day, I would not be a bit surprised if there's a late trade with somebody and Ingram is traded. Because remember, they also drafted Alvin Kamara pretty high. Uh, 
and he's got to get some playing time as well, so he can learn the process. Uh, with three quality running backs, that's not going to happen so much. I think it's a lot better if they get rid of Ingram via a trade very close to before the season starting, maybe to somebody who is in need of a running back. Uh, I know that there's a few teams out there. Uh, for some reason, and even though they're our arch nemesis, uh, the Green Bay Packers, I think, would be much better off with a true running back and utilizing time and coming a little bit more in space out of the slot type of deal. Uh, that's just one team, but there's a few more teams that I could mention that would be much better off with Angram in a fold. So I think the Saints yeah. trade Angram, and AP leads the team in carries and in fantasy points this year. Yeah, we heard now there were denials, but, you know, there were rumblings that the Saints were talking to the Eagles about dealing Angram there. So and my guess is if a trade was going to happen, it would have already. Unless there could be an injury in training camp that could also open the door and make a team more desperate. So I'll, I'll caveat that. I don't know what to make it. I hope Peterson does. I honestly do. I'd love to see Peterson throw up one more huge, how dare you doubt me, I'm Adrian Peterson season, because I'm just a fan of him personally. But And watch Ted Ginn, hearing good things about him out of training camp. Watch Ted Ginn in New Orleans this year. I think he could be a sneaky waiver wire bi-week pickup guy or maybe a guy you stash on the end of your bench for the buys. And he's going to be high variance because he's taken and he always has been. But, man, that speed with Drew Brees throwing your ball, that might work. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. The New York Giants. Yeah, we know about the wide receivers. We already discussed their tight end a little bit. Let's talk about the dumpster fire that is their run game. Buy or sell... And RB2 finish, top 25. Well, I think just out of the sheer chances he's going to have, because of that passing game, is going to spread out that field so well. Yeah, I, I'm going to buy him as a top 20 running back. Um, even though that uh, that offensive line is not, oh, shall we say, amongst the best, uh, he's going to be no, given plenty of chances. Yeah, you know, they were okay. If chance. I remember right, if I remember right, per football outsiders, they were pretty good in pass protection. I think, like, just outside the top ten. But, yeah, they were 29th or something like that in run blocking. So, apparently, they're not into that whole run blocking thing. Uh, I, I think because of sheer uh, chances and the fact that who else do they got? They got Shane Vereen who gets hurt. If he's got a pimple, he's out a month. Uh, they, they really don't – early in Starkwalk. <laughs> Once in a while he performs, but there's there's no other other person there in the backfield that really scares me. So I think Perkins is going to get the chances, and because of those chances, he's going to be able to produce. Yeah, and they got the rookie Wayne Gallman, but I'm not holding my breath for him. I mean, I think he's a guy that might get some look in short yardage situations. Maybe there's a little bit of a a thunder Perkins lightning, although that was very mild form of the thunder and lightning backfield. I can't say as I argue with you. I mean, just the sheer volume, assuming he can stay healthy, might sneak him in the RB2 territory, in which case he's going to be a nice value for some because he's – no one is stampeding to buy shares in the Giants' ground game in 2000. <laughs> apparently they have some measure of confidence in him because they half-ass went after 
LeGarrette Blunt, but I mean, I don't think they were ever necessarily all that serious about it. So, I mean, we'll see. I do think Eli Manning is going to be throwing the ball a whole bunch in 2017. So he's a guy, and I don't even know if he's going inside top 15 quarterbacks. I'll take him at the 16th or 17th quarterback off the board. I'll take him all day long. Well, and, and you mentioned well, you mentioned that a little bit earlier too about quarterbacks being drafted later uh, in the expert leagues as compared to real life. I'll tell you what, I'm going to sit on quarterbacks all day because I like. There's a lot of guys late that I like. That oh, you know, yeah, I don't see the reason to rush. Yeah, Roethlisberger, Rivers, Manning. I mean, those guys are going. I'm seeing Roethlisberger a lot of times go outside the top ten quarterbacks. And there's just been more. It was already the deepest position in fantasy easily. And in just the last couple of years, we've had it's become all that more deeper because we've seen guys like Marcus Mariota step up and Jameis Winston step up, who a lot of people love this year. And Derek Carr obviously has stepped up. So, yeah, drafting Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal football player. Don't get me wrong. And he's going to put up a lot of fantasy points. But the gap between the points he's going to put up and who that Philip Rivers or whoever is going to put up is not as big as the gap between that elite running back you can get and that turd you're going to be trotting out there every week because you're having a quarterback in the second round. So I keep beating that drum, and there are still people who won't listen, and at the end of the year they're not in the playoffs and they blame me because I told them to start some injured guy or something. <laughs> Wait at quarterback. Wait, we're going to say it every week from now until the end of August. Wait at quarterback. It's a public service announcement. The New York Jets, do we really need to talk about the New York You know, we will touch on one New York Jet real quick, if only because he's effectively the last man standing at wide receiver. Quincy Anunwa, all of a sudden the number one wide receiver. What are the odds he finishes in the top 30? Uh, I'm I'm selling big time. Uh, I, I don't have any trust in the Jets whatsoever this year on offense. Uh, in fact, the only name I've really heard at all that performed decently at OTAs uh, was not a wide receiver. It was not a running back. It was not a quarterback. I heard Austin Safran Jenkins looked really good at OTAs. But it's awful hard for me to buy anybody on the Jets right now. I, I, I've never been a huge Jets fan. But right now, uh, I think I'd probably start a college team over some of the Jets. You know who I'm buying? I'm buying Darren Lee, the inside linebacker. I'm buying Jamal Adams, a rookie safety. I might even buy Demario Davis, who's back in New York after a trade with the Cleveland Browns, and he's terrible. He's one of the worst starting linebackers in the NFL because, oh, my God, their defense is going to be on the field all day. It's going to be so many delicious tackle opportunities. Darren Lee's not a world beater or linebacker, but somebody's going to have to tackle somebody for the Jets. So, yeah, a lot of value. <laughs> so, I hear the Oakland Raiders got themselves a new running back. Who's the old running back? I hear. Um, starting to see a little yeah. hype. Starting to see a little hype building up for Marshawn Lynch. I think he's going right around RB fifteen, maybe a little lower. Maybe sometimes a little higher. Marshawn Lynch, top 12, running back, fire cell. Uh, actually, I've got him inside of the top 12. 
And as a matter of fact, in uh, one of my keeper leagues, I am extremely stacked. Uh, uh, the defending champion and myself both have four guys inside the top ten overall. We can only keep three. So we're both looking at having deal players. And he's actually one of the guys that I'm hoping I can get in the draft because the draft will unfold a certain way. I'm hope, hoping I can package up a couple of my guys to get up and get a first-round or a second-round pick and possibly pick up Marshawn Lynch as uh, another one of my running backs. Uh, yes, I've got him inside the top 12. Uh, he's from that area. He went to Cal. He lives in Oakland. Uh, he was there uh, during the Golden State Warriors championship. Um, I'm I'm buying big time into Marshawn Lynch this year in Oakland. It's all going to be a matter of durability. If we see the Marshawn Lynch that we saw in 2015 that was nicked up and just he looked old, then no. But if we see anything resembling the Marshawn Lynch from the year before running behind that offensive line in Oakland, oh, Lord, he'll be in the top ten. So I, I just had a rookie draft. Didn't have a very good season last year. Wound up with the number three rookie pick. Took four net there. It's a 10-team or come back at 13. Marshawn Lynch is sitting there. I didn't even necessarily need more running back help. I grabbed him anyway. And then I came back in the third round and grabbed Danny Woodhead because, like I said, I'll draft old people. I ain't even worried about it. Because apparently Danny Woodhead caught all the passes in OTAs. So, PPR, don't sleep on Danny Woodhead, folks. I don't know why we every year we act like Danny Woodhead is not around. I know he tore his ACL last year, but that was last year. He's healthy. For now. Well, also, well, let's also remember Ken Dixon is going to be uh, sitting the first few weeks, so that's going to give Woodhead even more chances for the ball. Right, and no Dennis Pitta, too. Exactly, yeah. And God rest him. Yeah. I mean – it's it's too bad. Dennis Dennis Pitta was a great player, but his poor career is done. He, he, he injury after injury after injury after injury. Uh, his God head bless keeps him. Popping out of place. Yeah. That's I, I feel I feel too, so man. bad for the guy, but a good talent. That is, sounds painful. Your hip popping out of the ooh. Every time I say that, my side hurts. Yeah, it's terrible. It's just the way football, I mean, it's the NFL. And you hate to, but then you see the Ravens, the day it happens, they're, oh, we feel terrible for Dennis. He's a great friend of the Ravens family, yada, yada, yada. The next day they cut him. So it's life in the NFL. They The Dennis Pitta money is part of what they used to sign Jeremy Macklin. So what do you yeah. Do? yeah. Philadelphia Eagles were running a little bit over, but that's okay. We've been gone so long. We It's bonus time, folks. Philadelphia Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey, Carson Wentz, apparently getting along in OTA's best buddies, walking hand-in-hand hand to practice every day. Maybe not quite that far, but they're getting along. Alshon Jeffrey is a wide receiver one, top 12, CPR, fireshot. Uh, I can't buy him as a top 12. I, I, he's a top 15, but I don't think he's a top 12. Uh, I will say Carson Wentz is one of my big-time risers. Uh, you know, we talked about waiting on quarterbacks. This is another perfect example of waiting on a quarterback. It, all of a sudden, Nelson Aguilar looks really good. I, I think they're going to line him up in the slots. There's no uh, guarantee that Torrey Smith is going to be starting because you still have Jordan Matthews there. All of a sudden, they got four decent wide receivers, and let's not forget they still have 
a couple of decent tight ends in Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck. Uh, I think this team, plus you got a, a, another great receiver on the backfield in Darren Sproles. Um, Carson Wentz has all kinds of weapons on the backfield. I expect a big year out of Carson Wentz, but I think it's spread around a little bit more so that Alshon Jeffrey is not a top 12, uh, more like top 15, top 16. Hey, you want to talk thunder and lightning. The Philadelphia Eagles have busted out the thunder and lightning in the backfield. Now, granted, it's kind of an elderly version of thunder and lightning, but I think with Derek Blunt and Darren Sproles qualifies as thunder and lightning. It's going to be interesting. I, the Eagles, that NFC East, is it, it looks like it's going to be a year of the NFC East where all four teams just stand in the middle of the ring and trade haymakers for 16 weeks. And last team standing wins. So I don't think Dallas is going to be ripping off a 13 and three season again in 2017 because the Eagles got a lot better. I don't know if the Redskins got better, but I also don't know that they really got any worse. They were able to address a couple of their big needs, and yeah, they suffered some personnel losses at wide receiver, but they were able to look out and get Terrell Pryor. <clears throat> the Giants. Retooled that defense last year. This year they had Brandon Marshall and Evan Ingram in the passing game. It's going to be there's going to be some great. There's a couple of division races: AFC West, AFC South, NFC East. That are just. I look at the four. Don't ask me to pick them right now. And then all three of those divisions could produce a champion that no one's picking because I don't know that there's really a bad team in the division. Or all that's stretching it with the AFC South. Let's just say that I don't know if there's one team head and shoulders above the other. In the AFC South, there may be several bad teams in the AFC South. We haven't seen play play yet. Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's another thing that happens annually when he's not suspended. Everyone loves Martavis Bryant. He's looking great in OTAs, running past people, which is a stunner because Martavis Bryant's never run past people before. Bryant, PPR, buy or sell top 25. Uh, when he's on the field, uh, he does produce. I mean, his uh, games point per average when he played last year was very nice. Um, it was the same the year before. Uh, I just hope that he stays out of trouble and stays injury-free. Those are two big ifs for him. Uh, because of that uncertainty, he would be outside of my top 25. But if I see him, uh, and I could pick him up as my number four wide receiver, I'm going to be jumping all over the place to get him. Uh, I don't yeah. think I can put him in the top 25, but if he's there a little bit later, I'm all all about picking him up. I don't think you're getting him as a four. There's a lot of people that like him a little bit too much for that, but he's a guy that's hype. And that's the problem with hype in June is that by July and August, the value just gets sucked out. That Pittsburgh wide receiver core all of a sudden is pretty deep with Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. Sammy Coates, who may never see the field, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster coming out of the slot, and Justin Hunter has been impressive in OTAs once again. It's just short shells, but he was, I think, the 34th overall pick once upon a time, so somebody must have seen something that they liked. Here's another team that is going to be a hotbed of fantasy value in 2017, the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Get on board that juggernaut. All kind of talk over the last month or so about Joe Williams. Joe Williams is going to take Carlos Hyde's job. Carlos Hyde is going to be out of luck, so on and so forth. OTAs exclusively essentially Hyde running with the first team. 
go top 18. So running back one and a half for Carlos Hyde in 2017 by ourselves. Uh, I'm going I'm to sell that. Uh, we have 32 teams in the NFL. So, obviously, we got 32 running backs who are going to be the number one dog for that team. Um, some of them may not end there, but start there. Uh, so, and I, obviously, there's going to be some teams that have multiple players that are capable to produce at that level. But, as you said, the, the 49ers drafted Joe Williams also. And it seems like Hyde does not quite fit the system, even though he – he was the number one guy all during OTAs. It sounds like he doesn't quite fit the system that they want, and I could see him slowly losing that grasp and Joe Williams picking up that grasp and eventually getting the lead job. So with all that being said, I'm not taking Carlos Hyde as a top 18 back this year. And, you know, I think Hyde might be able to hold the youngster off. My biggest worry with him is the same worry as every year with Carlos Hyde. He can't stay healthy. So there's a couple leagues. I think one where I drafted him is RB2. It's a league where I went wide receiver early, so I had to come back through. I would prefer to have him as flex. If he can stay healthy and he's a starter, I just produced when he's healthy and on the field. You also have to worry about, you know, San Francisco is one of those teams where how often are they going to be able to run the ball 20 times in a game because they're not playing from behind. Which is why I like Pierre Garcon this year. The, the San Francisco quarterback situation is nothing to do cartwheels about. But Garcon, to me, strikes like he might be this year's big garbage time guy who gets targeted a ton late in games when the, char- when the 49ers are down three touchdowns. So, and we don't care how they get the numbers just so long as they get them. Yep. Seattle Seahawks. There's a new big man on campus in Seattle. And he's big. Although he's Actually, not big. He hit his first weight contract clause. Eddie Lacy. Honestly, before he got hurt in Green Bay last year, even if he was a little chubby, he was averaging, I think, five yards and change a pop before his foot ended his season. Being drafted bottom end of RB2 territory, I think, right around between 20 and 25. Eddie Lacy is a top 20 fantasy running back by yourself. Mm, but I've got him like right there. Um, I have heard that Thomas Rawls has looked good in camp so far. Let's also remember that the Seattle drafted a couple of running backs a couple of years ago that they seem to be high on in uh, CJ Prozais and with Alex Collins. So all of a sudden you got four guys trying to fight for the to get some carries in that backfield, and uh, just like the, with the Seattle passing game, they do spread it around, around a little bit. They do have a, a definite number one in the passing game, but. Doug Baldwin, do they take that same scenario and have a definite number one running back? Uh, I think at the end of the day, Eddie Lacy leads the team out of the backfield, and I've got him real close to that 20 mark, like you said. I think it's just outside of 20. I think I got him at 22. So we're thinking really uh, similar there as far as his rankings. Uh, Right now I've got him just outside the top 20, however, because of the depth of that backfield. You know, I want to like Lacey because we've seen what guys like Lacey or guys like Lynch or Thomas Rawls when he's healthy, guys that can bang away between the tackles a little bit, what they're capable of in that Seattle offense, especially with the zone read looks. If he does hand it to the back and he just breaks it up inside, you want him back to break a few tackles. But, yeah, I agree. 
And I think he's a guy whose ADP can fluctuate this summer, depending on what kind of news we hear out of camp. It's going to be an interesting year for the Seahawks. And Legion Boom ain't getting any older. I don't – yeah, there's another thing about Seattle. I don't like what they did with the offensive line. I don't think that Luke Jokel is necessarily the big improvement to your front five that they were looking for. I know he was once the number two overall pick, but he surely hasn't played like one. Now, the most hyped from a fantasy perspective team so far this offseason, and it's probably not even all that close, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody be loving the Buccaneers. And they did have a phenomenal offseason. Like, you know, adding to Sean Jackson. Chris Godwin was one of my favorite rookie wide receivers, and apparently he has shined from the moment he set foot on the practice field. You got Mike Evans. Apparently they're going to ride Doug Martin this year. They seem to have warm to the idea of welcoming him back welcoming him back with open arms once his suspension is over. And all this of course means a plethora of weapons at the disposal of one famous Jameis Winston, who has shock and amazement been throwing interceptions in OCAs because Jameis has been known to get picked off from time to time. We go Jameis Winston top six as a fantasy quarterback in two thousand seventeen by herself. I'm going to sell a top six. I'm buying a top ten, but I'm going to sell a top six. Um, the muscle hamster seems to be uh, a lot of the talk out of uh, Tampa Bay, at least during OTAs. Uh, I think when he's back after his suspension, I think he's going to get, be getting a lot of carries because they seem to really love the way he's been producing so far, which takes away some of the, the gusto, as it were, out of uh, James Winston, James Winston. So I think I get a sell a top six, but I'm buying a top ten. You know, I like him as a fantasy starter, too. I just – I don't know that – like you said, he's probably finished somewhere in that seven to ten range, and that's right where he's being drafted. So there's no – the value's not there, especially when I can wait four rounds and get a Philip Rivers or a Eli Manning or a guy like that. So – there's a huge pack of guys who could potentially be decent weekly starters, essentially like the six or seven to the, about the 15 guy of among fantasy quarterback. There's not going to be a huge spread in point production among those guys. So I don't know that I want to be picking from the top end of that pile. I think I'd rather come in toward the bottom and load up at other positions. Your mileage may vary. Another team garnering a – goodly amount of hype this offseason, and I think justifiably so. I wrote it yesterday, I believe, to report it, and I will say it here. I think the Tennessee Titans are a playoff team this year. I think they're going to win the AFC South. I will call my shot. The addition of Eric Decker, which is capper too, they had two big areas of need going into the offseason, <clears throat> wide receiver and cornerback, and they hammered both. Added Logan Bryan, sneaky good veteran signing and come back with one of their two first round picks and that out of Ray Jackson. A wide receiver they had Corey Davis, they had Taiwan Taylor, <clears throat> and then come back and add Eric Decker. Crazy depth in the backfield with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. One of the better young offensive lines in football and a rising young quarterback in Marcus Marriott. If that defense can play a lick for Tennessee this year. That's a 10-11 win football team, which will probably be good enough to win the AFC South. 
we will discuss the new guy. He's only getting about three and a half million bucks to play for the Titans this year. May have went a little below market value so that he could play for a team that apparently he was quite interested in suiting up for this year. Eric Decker. Inside the top thirty. By yourself. Buying big time. Uh actually when this news happened that he was cut loose right away, there was a lot of scuttlebutt because Eric Decker it, Went here, uh, both at high school down in Mankato, and then uh, obviously with the Gophers and had a stellar career in the Big Ten. And uh, we had the issue with Michael Floyd. Oh boy, don't get me going on him. And right away, I'm saying, get get Decker, get Decker now. All he does is produce. He's going to be able to work with his team. I did not know that Decker has had his outside home. Uh, during the offseason in Tennessee the past couple of years. Uh, apparently, he calls this place home. Uh, he gave them the first chance. He signed there because he said he loves the the, the whole area. Uh, I think this is a match made in heaven. I think Mariota skyrockets up the boards. Uh, not only now is Mariota going to have two good options at wide receiver, but they got third. Let's not forget about Rashad Matthews, right? It's another nice option for uh, him at wide receiver. They've got an excellent tight end. They've got two good running backs who can catch the ball in the backfield, a great offensive line. He's going to have a chance to both throw uh, throw the ball, hand off the ball to two excellent backs, but also utilize his feet. Mariota skyrockets above the boards. But also, I think Decker, the guy just produces. Every year he catches touchdowns when people don't think he's going to. Decker is a big-time top 30 receiver this year. Yeah, I think his addition probably hurts Corey Davis the most. And long-term, it may not even hurt him. Now a lot of the pressure is off Corey Davis to come out and produce right away. You can acclimate to the NFL at whatever speed you want, young man, slow, fast, it's all good. I think Rashard Matthews, now granted, no one was rushing out to draft Rashard Matthews to begin with, although if you look at his second half numbers last year, they were pretty good. And that's why I think he'll still be okay. I think he's still a guy that's worth a late look at, say, a wide receiver four, wide receiver five, a guy to keep on your bench in case injuries or bye weeks or that sort of thing. Marcus Mariota trusted Rashard Matthews <clears throat> a good deal down the stretch last year, and I think that will continue. I think that comfort level will still get Matthews some looks. You know, Taiwan Taylor, I think, kind of fades in the background. You've got Delaney Walker. Tennessee, man, that defense, if they can play up to their potential a little bit, and they've got some pieces on defense, too. I like the Titans this year, and that's they've done a phenomenal. When you think about how bad that Tennessee team was a couple years ago, to where they are now, I tip my cap to their front office. And Mike Malarkey, a good coach, who knew? I didn't. And I, <laughs> when they gave, when they elevated him from interim coach to the full time guy, I was like, really, you're going to let Malarkey coach the team? Have you not seen Mike Malarkey coach? But hey, <clears throat> maybe it was just Jacksonville. It's just where coaches go to die. We got one more team: the Washington Football. Redskins. Oh, let's see. Let me think. Let me think. <laughs> yeah, we know Terrell Fryer is going to be okay. We know Jordan Reed's going to be good. Josh Doxson, 
has looked good in OTAs, although that's another young receiver that it's OTAs. They don't no one go nuts just yet because they've also got Jameson Crowder, Jordan Reed, it could be quite a few miles. The run game in Washington, though, <clears throat> is a pretty significant question mark. So I will ask you, Mr. Lasky, is the final buy or sell? Buy or sell, Samaja Perrine leading the Redskins in rushing yards as a rookie. I think at the end of the day he will. However, I don't think he starts the year as a league running back. I think uh, Kelly is going to start the year. Um, what I've seen or heard is that Kelly drops his body fat percent from 18% down to 13%. He looks pretty good. He looks lean. I think he's there to fight and keep his job for a while. But I think long-term, I think Kareem takes over. But it's going to be a lot closer to a 50-50 split than people in fantasy football are going to be comfortable with. I think it's more of a 60-40 split, um, which uh, is is not good for fantasy football. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, 60-40 scares everybody. Uh, I would not be comfortable with having either one starting them at that level. Uh, I think if one of them gets hurt, then the other one, is his uh, stock is going to rise. But a 60-40 split is going to scare the daylights out of me. Uh, I don't know how high I would draft either one, if any of them. Yeah, Perrine's being overdrafted a little bit, in my opinion, right now. I think a lot of people are putting a little too much stock in, like you said, not only that he will start, but that he'll be the featured guy. And like you said, I don't know that we're going to see that in Washington. They don't have to do that. And I can understand why they wouldn't. I mean, you don't want to over, you ain't got to overwork each guy. And you can go with a little bit of a committee, then why not do it? I think the big thing for the Washington Redskins has to have been the gift that they received in the first round when Jonathan Allen fell to him. Huge pick for the Redskins. Great. Big need. Big guy. Fit right. You could hear that pick click into place. And I, like I said, the NFC East is going to be a very good division this year. I think the NFC North, you could have a nice little three-team race going on there with Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay. I don't think Chicago is going to be a big factor. No, I don't think so. And Detroit's had a little bit of bad luck lately with a couple of guys getting hurt. Uh, and obviously, uh, I'm going to beat, the, beat my own drum for my team, uh, the Vikings. But uh, i got to admit, though, there's still a lead dog in this division, and the Packers, we're all playing catch-up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the new linemen for the Vikings. If maybe a change of scenery can help Remmers and uh, Riley Reed. And Riley Reed's going back to left tackle, which I think he prefers to play there. It's just the Lions prefer him as a right tackle. So, I guess it's going to be an interesting division outside of Chicago. It's going to be interesting to watch and see how brightly the dumpster fire in Chicago burns. And if John Fox <laughs> is the first head coach fire this year. <clears throat> because I do well, honestly it. believe that Fox and Ryan Pace are both going to be fired. I mean, they're not going to be around for the Mitch Trubisky era, which that is why it really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me to do what they did. And to come back and draft a tight end in Shaheen, who's nowhere near ready to play at the NFL level. It's, I understand you're rebuilding guys, but you're drafting a bunch of guys that you're not going to be around to coach because you're going to get fired. And then the new regime comes in. They say, no, 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 these are my guys. They don't fit my scheme, blah, blah, blah. And you start the hamster wheel of losing, spinning. Uh, okay, and along with dumpster fire, so there is still one person I'm surprised that is uh, with the New York Jets. 
And I wouldn't Forte. be surprised if, yes, I'm surprised Forte is still there. And especially what, we, what you talked about with possible injuries that are happening, I'll be surprised if he's gone before the season starts. I, everybody else is. I'm Honestly, I'm a little surprised too. But maybe they don't want to run Blau Powell into the ground because, they're, I mean, they got nothing behind them. So. I, I heard that they were going to be playing Powell more. Oh, yeah, so did I. But I, you want to be able to spell him a little. I don't think you want to give Blau Powell 350 carries. So it might be a good idea to have somebody. I think it's New York, Chicago, or your leading contenders to be the worst team in the NFL this year. And I would give the early yeah. lead to New York because the Bears at least have a little bit. I mean, Mike Glennon's not a world beater quarterback, but he's played quarterback before. And, you know, they got Jordan Howard. They got a couple pieces on defense. The Jets cut everyone. I mean, who's going to be their quarterback? Josh McCown, who's 2-20 and 20 over his last 22 starts. Or maybe Christian Hackenberg, who throws the ball great to reporters standing on the sideline. <laughs> or it's just, I mean, the Jets to me look like a 2-14, and 1-15, gasp, 0-16 team. They're bad. And I'm a, ooh, excuse me. I'm a Browns fan. Believe me, I know bad football. That's what it, I just got a little indigestion thinking about bad football because I thought about last year's Browns. Okay. That is it for an extended edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Friends. We made it through 32 teams worth of OTAs, which means we're going to have to figure out something to talk about next week. I have confidence we will. Maybe we'll start breaking down some positions ahead of draft season, sleepers and busts. And it's getting close. Can you smell it, Todd? Can you smell it in draft season? Yeah, I oh, think I about wait. it every day, buddy. Yep. <laughs> well, folks, we will be back next week. Summer vacation is over. we got to get back on the horse so that we can help you folks win your league, for which you only have to pay us 40% of any money you win, which we think is very fair. And we prefer cash, folks. Oh, yeah, none of that checks nonsense. 